listener, don't you dare be sour. Clap for your less than famous podcasters and feel the power. It's a new pod. Yes, it is. What's up, sharpshooters, and welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be talking about the first speed bump onto the road to WrestleMania, and that is the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, where history will certainly, quote-unquote, will be made. And aside from that Samoan slaughterhouse, according to the Raw commentary, we'll be fighting among ourselves, giving more controversial opinions than a Vince Russo podcast. But first, I must introduce one of my cohorts, which is Jason. Uh, Chen will be joining us later today. And of course, I am your host, Broderick. How are you doing, Jason? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good to be here. Wow. Is that it? Is that it? No, no news this week? No, nothing exciting? Well, no, I, I was going to wait for you to ask me what I was planning for the week. So I'm off to oh, high, yeah. yeah, I'm off to the high, Rev, Rev Pro High Stakes show later this week, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but it was actually quite a quiet week in the world of wrestling. I felt odd this weekend. There was no big show. There was no World Collide, NXT, TakeOver Kingdom, pay-per-view or anything. It was an actual quiet weekend of wrestling. So this Friday, it'd be good to be seeing Will Ospreay versus Pac, also known yeah. as Neville, in person in I London. Mean, the, the only thing that happened, which we'll probably get into in the news, is, of course, the New Japan show, uh, New Beginnings in Osaka, uh, on the Monday morning in UK time. I think that's about it, really. I don't think there was anything else that yeah, just, noteworthy. And I don't think we would have talked about that too much if it wasn't for that one particular main event match. We probably wouldn't have worried about it so much. So, yeah, yeah. quite quite weekend. I'm sure it's going to this weekend, this coming weekend, it gets busy again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's all that we have. So uh, we'll just move on. Uh, before we preview the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, though, Jason and I will be talking about some of the major talking points in our new segment. It has been yet another interesting week in the world of professional wrestling. First up, we saw the AEW announcement party happen in Las Vegas uh, last week. That was happening just prior to the recording of our last podcast, annoyingly. And it was revealed that Kenny Omega joined the promotion on a full-time basis. There were also more information on their Double or Nothing show, which I believe sold out in an hour. And they also announced a partnership with AAA, amongst many other things that happened on the announcement party or press conference or whatever you want to call it um so was all of this kind of expected jason uh, was it all expected i guess it was all rumored i mean we talked about it before i think most of us assumed that kenny was going to the going to be turning up around this time some people thought he might be still staying in new japan there was like maybe a chance that was going to happen but I think most of us thought that was going to be the case. I think the Triple um, A was news. I wasn't expecting anything about Triple A after they already announced their partnership yeah. in, with you know, one of the Chinese companies. So that was that was a surprise. So yeah, I mean, it it sounds all positive so far. Yeah, I I I thought it was um, quite uneventful, quite anticlimactic. I don't think they want every announcement to be major or shocking. But one thing that I did like was that they did confirm the sign of the Lucha Brothers. I know it was teased at a different promotion, and it all sucked for Impact Wrestling. But 
Yeah, I think uh, Pentagon and Phoenix are also great signings alongside Kenny Omega. It's just weird that they haven't had um, another ex-WWE name appear. Um, I think I that's think that's, I think that's to come, right? We're waiting to see what's happening with Dean Ambrose and a few other people. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ambrose won't show until... I mean, if that 90-day no-complete compete course happens that won't happen till july august time anyway so i think that would be very interesting i think the bit that was really interesting for me um was the signing of nyla rose um oh, yeah. yeah the first trans wrestler to be signed for a major company i think it's more this kind of thing that's going to make all in i guess all in all elites going to be more famous for these kind of things yes they could sign a bunch of ex wwe guys but they really want to be seen as like the more progressive future future-looking, accepting all company. These are the kind of things that will get attention, especially if they treat people respectfully and don't go down the Vince McMahon route. And I don't think they would do that. So that was that, that was probably the biggest thing that came out of it for me, but I didn't know was going to happen. Yeah, I think that's a very interesting sign-in. Um, yeah, I, I like the sign-in. It's different. It's new. It's refreshing for a major company to do something like that. I think trans wrestling... Um, it's really an unheard topic in major wrestling circles. So I think it's a very interesting sign, and I can't wait to see what they do with Nyla Rose. Um, but yeah, I, I I will say I wish there was a few more bigger signings. I th- it's just a selfish thing. Of course, I'm being completely unrealistic, but you know, it's it's just a personal want of mine. This is this is also after last week on the Ring of Dishonor where you were complaining about all the AEW sort of yeah, going I, on and I, like people I, making up rumors i immediately regret that one because i had a better one in my sleeve but uh we'll save that until uh next time i get nominated to do that um in more AEW news wrestle talk uh revealed their upcoming uh the AEW's upcoming schedule which includes a show at the royal albert hall in london in august as well as a show called all out which appears to be the sequel to all in uh, the show that happened in Chicago, and that's also expected to take place in September. Uh, all this, of course, before the potential launch of their TV show, Tuesday Night Dynamite in October. Uh, are you looking forward to them coming to London? So is that confirmed? I mean, I don't. Is that? It, do we was, believe that? It, I'm not sure. Uh, it was exclusively revealed to Wrestle Talk. I can't. I. I. They can't really report it as fake because it would be damaging to their earned reputation on youtube and online so uh i i would expect uh that schedule to be true um mainly because it did include uh the show in jacksonville which is expected to take place in june or july i can't remember the exact date off the top of my head uh but yeah it kind of falls into line with everything else like tv deal probably happened in october probably happened on tuesday when smackdown jumps to fox and on to friday nights so it even if, I mean, even if it wasn't totally true or just rumors or just fake leaks, um, if that's a thing, then you know, a lot of it still does make sense. Yeah, it'll be I'm, it'll be interesting to see what they reveal in the coming weeks leading up to Double or Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if they are doing a show at Royal Albert Hall, it'd be, I mean, it'd be really cool. I mean, for those people that don't know about Royal Albert Hall, it's like it's an iconic London venue. Um, WWE 
he has been there a few times. They they don't go there too often when they're in London because it's not a sort of standard arena. It's more for you know classical music and in the round. Um, what is also like an issue is sometimes it's more expensive to hire that venue. So yep. we, I mean, I was there during the UK tournament they did. Um, I guess last year now, you know, when we had NXT were there as well, and the tickets were pretty expensive for what was not a main roster show. It was very expensive for like what was basically progress wrestling and some nxt guys and they did not get close to selling that that venue out it'd be interesting how how the all you know the all elite guys do it because in theory they would have to charge more money per ticket to cover their costs when they are probably comfortable doing and compared to their u.s shows so if that's true it'd be interesting how that all works out they're also they won't want to overprice it because they have less of a a reputation in the uk but it'd be a great place to see the likes of kenny omega that i definitely want to go and see that yeah i think i think when all in was their rumoured locations, one of them was London, so I think there is a market over here, and I think they'll do well um, to come close to selling out Royal Albert Hall. It will be a real test of the actual interest in Europe. Um, you know, London, a hotbed for professional wrestling. Yeah, um, and you can set the Royal Albert Hall up quite well in terms of building outwards, in terms of, I've, I've seen a Lucha, a, Lucha, a Mexican tourism board special Lucha show there years ago, as well as the wow. UK NXT stuff. And both times I've been, it hasn't been close to selling out, but you can definitely like pack people down and move them down and make the most of the lower bowl if you need to. Yeah, it, yeah. It's a terrific venue regardless, and hopefully that is true. And hopefully... Uh, a load of people over here, including us, get the opportunity to watch it uh, live. Um, meanwhile, we'll just move on to Japan, in particular, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the big news coming out of uh, the New Beginning show in Osaka was Jay White successfully defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi to become the 68th IWGP World Heavyweight Champion in what some is considering a shocking move. Uh, Jason... I mean, I'm going to sum Jay White up based on my experience seeing him uh, when I went to the um, Rev Pro show uh, in Guildford a few weeks ago. You know, pretty small show a week after Wrestle Kingdom and Jay White was there. And I explained it to my wife, okay, you know the Bullet Club, you know AJ, you know Finn, you know Kenny, these really charismatic leaders of Bullet Club. This guy is the new leader of Bullet Club. And she was very unimpressed. And I think it, it, it was just quite, it was quite notable. Like he's like this guy, like he just, just watching him do his promo, his presence hanging around, you know, before the show and then his matches, he's like, he's fine. He's, you know, serviceable, but he's not like this same level of star. Maybe I'm being harsh on him, but yeah. he's like, he's just not there for me at the moment. I mean, maybe he's going to prove everyone wrong and be going on an amazing tear for the next year. But it seems, I don't know, I don't get it. Yeah, they've lost most of their English-speaking talent and they had that plan to expand to the United States. But, you know, of course, they've lost Cody, they've lost the Young Bucks, they've lost Kenny Omega now. Uh, they managed to keep a hold of Kota Ibushi, which is really good. But um, I mean, but Jay White has no real US presence. Right? I guess he talks English and he's from New Zealand, but he's not like he's a name in the US. No, but, you know, uh, I, I could go on about... I think we're trapped in our own little bubble. And yeah. We, we rate New Japan names way too highly to think that they actually make an impact in the US market when, in fact, casual audiences barely know who Kenny Omega is. Um, I also think it's funny, if you think about it, who else could they put the belt on? If you go back to Okada? Who, I mean, who... I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if... Um, well, hmm. So, basically, I, 
I haven't watched the match, so I can't really comment on the match, but I watched the promo that Jay White did in the ring and in the press conference after. I was actually really impressed for the first time he showed something to me in terms of a character. But one of the things that was said in said press conference is that the next show he, he clearly won't be defending in because it's uh, one of the New Japan Cups. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. Apologies, dear listener. But he did say that the next show after that will be in Madison Square Garden. Uh, the night before WrestleMania. Uh, he's expected to defend the title then. I think I read quite a few rumours that's going to be a rematch between Jay White and Kazuchika Okada, and it wouldn't surprise me um, if Jay White is a transitional champion. But at the same time, they need to build up an English-speaking face of the company because they have like all this investment going internationally. They've put a lot of money in going over to the United States. So, I don't know where they go from here. But the one thing I will say is people have said that about certain New Japan talents before. Like, that guy, Kenny Omega, he took over from AJ Styles. What? Really? And, you know, he became, yeah. one, of the hottest, he became one of the hottest things in professional wrestling. So, you know, breathe with a switchblade, Jason. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm willing to give him a chance. Switchblade. I want to see how it goes. I'm just... Not impressed I th- so far. I think the I think the other thing is he's only been in the business properly for about four years. So, you know, he's got a long way to go, but that's absolutely fine because he's only been there for four years, you know. And to be that good in the ring after four years is very impressive. Very impressive. So Yeah, I know he he did the proper new yeah, he did the proper Japanese like young boy training, you know, he went through the yep, proper school lion. and everything. So yeah, yeah, he was a young lion. So let's say he might prove me wrong, but at the moment I've yet to sort of be that wowed by him. But maybe he can prove me wrong and hopefully he does. If I'm gonna be Steve Austin and have the bottom line here, uh in Gato's book and we trust. That's all I gotta say. So anyway, lastly, lastly Following on from Monday Night Raw, it appears that Charlotte Flair will be added to the main event of WrestleMania 35, much to the backlash of the WWE fans, or WWE Universe, whatever you want to call it. They are the universe. (laughs) And we are the world coming to my head there, that's strange. Anyway, uh, so yeah, much to the backlash of the WWE Universe, it's now probably the most disliked video on WWE's YouTube channel. I hated the angle, but that's more to do not to do with the performers or the fact that it's Charlotte Flair being added to the main event. It's more the fact that they made Becky Lynch look weak. The, Becky Lynch got booed uh, this weekend, but even I'm surprised by the huge amount of backlash following that closing angle. Um, there's two part. There's two sides to this in my head. One is this is a classic old school angle, same for Stone Cold or anyone else, where you've the heels put the everything stack the deck against the big face that they want to get over, and that's what they're doing with Becky. It's just so obvious and telegraphed that it's a bit annoying. Now, there's no real subtlety to this at all, it's almost like they're trying too hard. And then, I mean, Charlotte's amazing in the ring, and those three together are going to have a really good match. And yep. will it will it be better than if it had been Becky v Ronda for 10, 15 minutes where, rather than having Charlotte in there and then being able to like play around with the order a bit more? I'm not sure which match would have been better. I think I would have just preferred Becky v Ronda just because it would have had more, like, um, I think, chemistry. There would have been more drama in the whole staging of that match. But it, I think it might even be a better match with Charlotte in it. <clears throat> I... Th- I don't know if it will be a better match only because we haven't seen Ronda work a triple threat match before. 
Um, not that I'm aware of. And judging by what past veterans have said, they hated the triple threat match. Like Steve Austin was one proponent to the triple threat match. He does not like the triple threat match. I've heard him talk about triple threat matches. It's all good, right? One of you always takes a break eventually. It's just like... Yeah. I understand why there is a fan backlash because, you know, we all want to see Ronda versus Becky. Ronda versus Becky was the hottest thing going to Survivor Series. It's one match that we all want to see and I understand the fan backlash, but... A kind for me, it kind of makes sense that Charlotte Flair gets added, and uh, Charlotte Flair gets added in a slimy way. I just didn't like. I'm not sure how to improve it, if I'm honest. So I can't be that critical. Um, I guess you have to look at it. If they kept Becky v Ronda and then added Charlotte in, it wouldn't have worked. I don't know if that would have worked, but instead now Becky's fighting to get back in the match, and that. Yeah. Step, that makes more sense for the next month or two, whatever they need to do. You know, they can definitely do more and get the crowd behind Becky in that element. So maybe this is a way to get her super over. I think, doing. I think some other people are saying it's a way for uh, Ronda to get cheered again, which is uh, smart and dumb yeah. at the same time because there they actually managed to get Becky booed on this angle. Did which you who hear thought about, that would be possible this time did, last week? Did, did you hear apparently after Raw, Becky and Ronda were tag partners in the dark match? Uh, they did record them having a brawl with the Riot Squad. I'm not sure if it was actually a proper tag match. I I didn't know. Anyway, it was the dark segment of those two teamed yeah. together. It, so. It's they. I I can't trust them. I can't trust Raw booking. Uh, um, Charlotte and Becky should both be over on Smackdown as well (laughs) and they're both not coming over on Raw yeah I have nothing against Charlotte being out in the main event in all honesty the way I see it is the triple threat I don't know why but in my own mind it actually makes more logical sense because the real rivalry there is between Becky and Charlotte I think Charlotte being added is a way to really piss off fans and it had to happen it had to happen and it does save Ronda uh, from getting more booed I uh, just, I don't, man, I don't really know. Um, I think it's too I, early I, to say, right? We've got what, 50 days or so, depending when we put this show out, around 50 days till Mania. They've got two pay-per-views until then. They yeah. obviously need to be thinking about what they're doing. I yeah, think ultimately yeah. I, I'm I'm holding out hope that they make this work. The, the, they're, they are advertising Charlotte versus Becky Lynch at Fastlane. Yeah, well, that would make sense. That would be a headline match. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. It, and people were saying, it's either to replace or it's either for Becky to be added into the match. And let's be honest, it'll be added into the match. But I think the one thing, the one major takeaway that I got from this is more McMahons. They haven't listened. The new era. Yeah, it's not, quite what, we, not quite what we were promised, is it? But let's no, see we go. no. I think Becky needs to go and get Joseph Parks to be her lawyer and she needs to sue them because she's was meant to get a Mania main event after winning the Rumble, and they've taken that away for no clear reason and broken a contract. So I'd be suing them for all of their McMahon money. The, yeah, but they already did that for WrestleMania 25 and Randy Orton. So, you know. Yeah. He, should have, he should have sued them as well. Just because he set the wrong precedent doesn't mean she can't sue. She could be rich in a few months. And in AEW... No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that wraps up the news for this week. Uh, up next, after this short advert, will be the, our Elimination Chamber preview for 2019.
This podcast is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page. So, that was an interesting WWL ad there, Jason. Uh, so, what's coming up on uh, uh, coming up with the WWL? So, the next event will actually be the Elimination Chamber meetup on Monday evening at Belushi's London Bridge. It's all on the meetup page, and expecting a good crowd for that event. Uh, so, they just search Watch Wrestling London. Just search Watch Wrestling London, or go on meetup.com. Easy enough to find. Fantastic. And am I invited to this event? You're not invited because you're currently barred from all WWL events based on your previous behaviour. But I think, <laughs> but but Chen is of course invited, and that seems like a yay. Good time. Oh here. holy shit! It's Chen, guys. Chen, you finally made it to the pod. Yeah, sorry I'm late. Sorry I'm late. You missed the news I, segment and the general banter. I know, stuff. I know, and I just want to say I'm so happy that the cutthroat era is still out there and expanding. You know, yeah. Jay White champion. <laughs> Yeah. I'm thinking about oh Chen Chen would like Jay White because he likes Baron Corbin and he's yeah. also a Langhead tasty <laughs> white guy that's quite tall. So <laughs> I was thinking Chen yeah. has a type. Yeah. <laughs> Chen has his types. Chen has his types. Anyway, how are you, Chen, apart from uh the Jay White thing? Good, good, good. Just counting down the days till I'm in Marrakesh partying, you know? Ah, Marrakesh. Really yeah. nice. Really nice. Never been, but I heard it's uh, pretty good. Tune into Instagram story to find to find out how what I get up to. Oh, what's it? Do you want to plug your own Insta account? Uh, Crazy Chen Seven. Chen Seven. I'm Broad Southern, by the way. Uh, Jason, do you want to plug your Instagram account, or do you want to keep that private? <laughs> no, I'm good. You're I'm so... a man of mystery. You're not really, but anyway. So, I'm going to move on, and this segment is, of course, our Elimination Chamber preview. As you know, it's happening this Sunday. Uh, not that you know, actually, thinking about it, if you watched Raw this week, but that's that's another point for another time. Anyway, there are seven matches on the card in total, including the pre-show, so before we get into the two big Chamber matches, shall we just quickly go through the rest of the card? Sounds good. Yes. Okay, so let's start with the pre-show, and we see Buddy Murphy defending his Cruiserweight Championship against Akira Tozawa. Is Murphy retaining here? I'm going to start with you, Chen. Yeah, he's definitely retaining. Um, I mean, I don't really care about this match, but I kind of want... I really kind of want Murphy to lose the title, because after seeing what they've done with Mustafa Ali on SmackDown, I think Murphy should also get like a main roster push as well. Because yeah. I think he's that good. Yeah, I kind of like him though as a two of five's best kept secret. Because you know, yeah. I, I just, the way that uh, Raw and SmackDown have treated, apart from Heavy Machinery, the latest set of call ups have not been treated well so far. So you know, it's, it's quite damning that Mustafa Ali, a two of five guy, has probably been the best call up. It's quite weird. Uh, Jason, um, your thoughts yeah. about this match? Is it, is it confirmed this is definitely on the pre-show? 
Uh, it's confirmed on the very accurate Wikipedia. Cool. I mean, I assumed it was, but I hadn't seen it definitely confirmed. I assume Buddy is winning this match. Um, yeah, I'm impressed. I'm enjoying Buddy's work from what I see of it. He always has great matches. I'd like to see him stay in 205, but they need to maybe bring some new faces in there as well. But yeah, I see him retaining this. I also see Buddy Murphy retaining. I'm kind of glad this is on the pre-show. I know the guys deserve the main card, but uh, the pre-show gives me an excuse to watch the Cruiserweights. So, um, and actually, I quite like the Cruiserweights on the pre-show. It's actually something entertaining as a warm-up. Um, so, yeah, Murphy retains. So, from something that is on the pre-show to something that probably deserves to be on the pre-show even more, is Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman. Does anybody care? Jason, do you care? So this is a no-DQ match now, right? I think that's what I've heard. So uh, that's, what, that's, a, that's the rumblings I've heard. I have to get that confirmed. But um, I Oh, it is my... no disqualification. Oh, God yeah, damn I mean, it. That's ruined my notes. <laughs> that, makes it, that makes it interesting because Drew... Yeah, Drew Barrymore McIntyre has no other sort of plans at the moment. So... I, this could be the time that Baron actually wins due to outside interference or, you know, help from his friend, his fellow tall, lanky, like, pale guy. I guess not as lanky, he's got a bit more muscle. But, yeah, I think we could see actual Baron Corbin win this match. Oh, that's very interesting. Uh, Chan? No, I don't care. Even though I'm a big Baron <laughs> Corbin fan. You're a Corbin uh, fanboy, you don't care. You're, you're a Corbinista. <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at this match, and I'm just thinking, what the fuck happened to Baron Corbin, um, not Baron Corbin, Braun Strowman's big push? Like, you know, last he was so being pushed down our throats and everything, but now come WrestleMania time, he's not really doing anything. I think, I wonder if they're looking at him now... Realizing he can't be a long-term like main event champion, but he's a like more of a feature guy, like more like the classic Big Show under the giant big man type thing, where they just have him do impressive stuff. Cause I think it was, you know, there was rumors going around that backstage that Braun Strowman was pissing off a lot of people and he was going to get punished and everything. And I think I... this is the only reason. It, it this is why Strowman's so low on the card right now. He yeah. went from main eventer to pretty much opening a show. I thought that uh, those rumours were debunked. I don't know. I'm not too sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's true. That's the only reason I can think of Braun Strowman's push. Or lack of. Not not even lack of push, sorry, yeah. I just think he's a bit of an odd man out at the moment, but we'll see what settles in. I just see him and Drew doing something at Mania at the moment. Yeah, I, I was surprised this wasn't a tag match between Corbin... And McIntyre versus Strowman and Angle. I can see Fastlane in the horizon with that. Holla, match. holla! We got a tag team match player. Yeah, <laughs> uh, think no DQ opens it up for Baron Corbin. But the last time I checked the odds, Braun Strowman's a massive favourite for this match. So, uh, yeah, I'm going Strowman all the way. So, from one big guy to another, and Bobby Lashley is defending his Intercontinental Championship match in a handicap match alongside his partner, Leo Rush, against the not-so-Demon King, Finn Balor. Will Balor pin Leo Rush to become Intercontinental Champion? Or will Lashley retain? Or will Balor pin Lashley? Brilliantly worded stuff there from me. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to work this one out, because it's weird. So it's a handicap match, but... Is Leo Rush there to eat the pin? Then does, how does that work with Bobby and Lashley? Where does Finn go next, trying to look ahead? It's a weird one. I don't know where they're going to go with this. Is it? So, yeah, sorry. No, you go ahead. So I think 
I think that's a plan is for Balor to win the Intercontinental Championship. There's been rumors of a push. Uh, they're definitely not going to put the main strap on him. And I think the reason why is because they want Seth Rollins to become Universal Champion at WrestleMania. So that opens up the Intercontinental Championship scene. I mean, Finn, I love the idea of Finn having the IC belt. I love it too. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Lashley holding it weirdly. I think La- Rush does a great job of putting Lashley over as a heel. Yes, uh, he does. I'm a big fan of Bobby Lashley. I'm a big fan of Leo Rush as well. And I'm really excited for this match myself. And do I think Finn will finally win? Um, win another title? Yes, I do. Because... It, you know, it's, apart from that one day reign as Universal Champion, it's been, what, almost two years since he had another, another title on him. Two and a half. And I, two and a half, yeah. So I think it's time they put the Intercontinental title on Finn Balor. And I'm, I think Leo Rush will be the one to get pinned. But I'm also excited to see just Leo Rush in action because he's a really, really good wrestler as well. Yeah, he's very entertaining, very electric. I think he'll entertain the fans. I think he'll show up Bobby Lashley, which will probably be the downside of his involvement. But yeah, who knows? Um, Jason, do you think it will be I a guess, clean? Is it a I clean guess, sweep for the pod? Finn Balor is win I mean, Balor. It's hard. I'm 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 a bit conf- I'm not totally sure on this. I mean, I I want Finn Balor to win, and I can see him beating Rush. And I'd love Finn Balor to be like a year long IC champion or something, and do the sort of be the workhorse of the division, mm. do something there. So that's it, guys. I'll go with Finn because I'm a Finn fanboy. Just just a quick question: If yep. Rush is the one who ends up pinning Balor, Bobby Lashley still <laughs> champion? Right? Oh, that's an interesting. That's an interesting. No, point. no. I think judging by previous precedent where I think Mr. McMahon has won the ECW title via handicap match. Um, actually, that would be a heel, but I think one of the world titles has changed like in a six-man tag match before. And it was like Randy Orton pinned Shane McMahon to win his Triple H's WWE title. And I think that was not long after WrestleMania 25. So, yeah. Okay. So That's an interesting I, point. Imagine so, that. So I think it is possible that Lashley will lose the title if Finn Pete's Rush and then probably at fast saying they'll have a rematch or something screwy where Finn gets stripped of the title or something like that before WrestleMania and Finn wins it again. I think that could be the direction they're going. Um, but yeah. One of the things you also have to look ahead to at Mania is they like to do some giant multi man match and they don't do the money in the bank anymore. So they was, you know, the ISC or the US belt having six people competing for it. I can, imagine oh, yeah. Finn def- I can imagine Finn defending the IC belt in a six-man or something. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, as a person going to WrestleMania, that is making me very excited right now, sexually. But anyway, uh, <laughs> J- Jason's he laughs like He laughs like he's joking, but we can see it's not a joke. It, it really isn't, guys. It really isn't. But what is a joke is Ronda Rousey's match with Ruby Riot. Um, we already know that Ronda Rousey is pretty much heading to WrestleMania and going to main event. There is absolutely no chance of her losing to Ruby, her Raw Women's title to Ruby, Ruby Riot. Keep that in the pod, Jason. Um, do you agree that this is the most pointless match on the card? Yeah, it is a pointless match because we all know what the results is going to be. I'm happy for Ruby Riot to getting a title shot and I'm a big fan of her. But, yeah, on the road to WrestleMania, Ronda's not going to lose the title. 
And that's Could the problem. It's just so predictable. Jason? It, it ties into this. When you look at the storyline, everyone's saying, is like Ronda Rousey hanging around after WrestleMania. And now that she's having this match with Ruby, she's pretty much had the match with every single like credible female on the Raw roster at this point. Um, I'm glad Ruby's getting the match. I can't see it. There's no way she's winning the belt, right? I don't know if there's some mm. sort of, if this leads to some sort of shenanigans, Becky making a point or something, but I think now Becky's more focused on Charlotte. So it's probably just a Ronda looks strong, beats Ruby kind of match. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, do you think Charlotte will get involved post-match, considering she's has a ticket for the event? According yeah, to sure. Promos yeah. Back down? I'm sure she'll get in the ring after the match. Yeah. And they'll have a point towards the WrestleMania sign. Yeah. Yeah. And then Becky does a Roman Reigns entrance and starts getting booed like she did on Raw and apologizes. I can see it all happening. (laughs) I don't really give a crap about this match, to be honest, or this angle. Um, I think it'll be a fun match, though, because Ruby's good and Ronda keeps putting Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're both I, great yeah. wrestlers. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. I'm more in tune just to I'm just gonna watch it because of Ruby Riot. Yeah, I think I think you're right, guys. I think the match itself will actually be pretty good. Uh, Ronda always shines on the biggest stages, and yeah, mainly in the pay per views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronda is pay per view queen as far as I'm concerned. And Ruby Riot, she's been absolutely fantastic all year, uh, despite the mediocre stuff given to us. So, um, yeah. It's a shame for Ruby that she's like the fourth wheel almost in this Ronda storyline. But yeah, uh, hopefully that's a good match. And hopefully the following match will happen as we've got some breaking news about uh, one of the Usos. He got arrested. Uh, This is according to TMZ. Um, Just to read the story out briefly. WWE superstar Jimmy Uso, one half of the popular Usos tag team, was arrested after a drunken dispute with cops in Detroit. Uh, the 33-year-old Jonathan Fadu and his wife, fellow WWE superstar Naomi, were pulled over near downtown Detroit after cops say Naomi was driving the wrong direction on a one-way street. According to police sources, cops say their 2018 Dodge journey reeked of booze, so they ordered Naomi out of the car. We're told while Naomi talked to cops, Jimmy got out of the car despite commands from police and took off his shirt and jacket and squared up like he wanted to fight. We're told the officer took out his taser because he was scared for his safety. Jimmy ultimately settled down and complied with their commands. Then he was handcuffed and arrested for disorderly conduct and obstruction. He was taken to jail or the Uso penitentiary. Uh, That was not part of the report. And later posted bond. Uso was not in Detroit for a WWE event. Um, The Usos, of course, are scheduled to take on the Miz and Shane McMahon for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships at Elimination Chamber. So... Uh, this is not the first time an Uso has been arrested. I think Jimmy Uso actually got arrested prior to last year's Royal Rumble event, and he did feature. So, do you was think? It, sorry, was it Jimmy or Jay last time? I believe it was Jimmy, but I can't say for sure. So. When did this happen? Uh, it, the report has only come through an hour ago, Chen. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so this is literally breaking news. Um, so yeah arrested uh yeah so it was jay last year actually it's, oh this is like weirdly about a year apart it was i just had to but I'd quickly look it up yeah, jay yeah. Uso was arrested on the 16th of jan 2008 yeah, for was locked, a DUI. Up, locked up by dui he was locked up by d i can't rap so it's almost like a, it's close <laughs> to an anniversary so maybe they were celebrating that last one who knows 
um, hey, hey, Jay, look what I just did. I mean, I think, all, the match, bitch. I think the match is still happening. I mean, he's, he's not like he's in jail. He's going to have to deal with that. Yeah. Post some money or whatever he's going to have to do for it being a first offence. Not ideal for him. Um, so... I think. I mean, is... don't get me wrong. It was a bit stupid what he tried to do to score up to a cop and take off his shirt. Like, yeah, that, that, that was gonna... worked out well, wasn't it? Cold weather. <laughs> okay, like that was stupid and everything like that. Like no one's above the law. Come on. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I still think the match will happen. I don't think this is the end of the uh, McMiz relationship just yet. I think they have to defend the belts here. I think the split happens. I think whatever they're doing with this storyline, I think the split's going to be at fast lane. They've got to work something out. But I'd imagine they're defending the belts here to build that storyline a bit more. Yeah. So that was the question I was also going to ask you, Chen. Will this be the end? Uh, will this be the beginning of the end of McMiz or the end of McMiz? Or how do you see the storyline panning out? I think originally I thought maybe like. They would lose the title, but now because of this breaking news story, I can see Vince just being like, no, you're being stupid. You're representing the WWE as well. I was yep. going to give you guys the title, but now I'm not. I'm going to punish you for bad behavior. Cool. So, And maybe The Miz and um, Shane might lose the titles on SmackDown to another tag team. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, Sanity are still around, right? The Colognes yeah. are Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, the contract's coming to an end. They might just quickly put the title on them and convince them that, oh, can you revival. sign a new, yeah, just I, sign I a new could, contract? I could just see a match at Fastlane where the bar win the belts back and that's the Ugh. end of Miz and McMahon, but let's see what happens, I guess. So, I personally see them retaining. I think Shane and Miz's breakup will happen at WrestleMania. I don't see it happening at Fastlane. It will give fast. It will give something to talk about at Fastlane if they do. So I'll be glad if it does happen at Fastlane. Um, but I, at the same time, I don't really want to see a Miz versus Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania. So, mm, I where where I see this going is a split happening at Mania. I think it'll be WWE would be putting the trigger too quick on this story. I think, and it's still got, a, it's still got to face a couple of other tag teams as well before it ends. So that's how I see it. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. So talking of WrestleMania, WrestleMania is a history-making event, and history will be made at Elimination Chamber. Although, again, not that you would know it, given how poorly booked the following match is. But yes, we'll see uh, the crowning of new women's tag team champions for the first time since 1989 where the belts existed in the old WWF. The boss and hug connection Nia and Tamina aka the Simone Slaughterhouse, I think that's a nickname uh, Riot Squad members Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan, the Iconics aka Peyton Royce and Billy Kay uh, Naomi and Carmella as well as Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are the six teams competing to become the first women's tag team champions in 30 years but apart from your predictions, gentlemen, will this match be any good? Wait, uh, okay. is Sasha even... Is Sasha okay to compete? Yeah. Wasn't she yeah, had an injury? Yeah, they, they cleared her. They cleared her. Okay. Ken, do you want to go first? Naya! 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 Yeah. The face breaker fanboy has struck again. <laughs> you, you don't even like Naya. You just, you just like trolling people. I just love Nia Jax. I love her character. Why? She, she's... <laughs> oh. 
I mean, she's good at the Royal Rumble, which is surprising, but even then, she managed to injure R-Truth. She's a botching machine. Like, I'm not sure how you can endorse someone that is potentially... Everyone makes mistakes. Just, she makes more mistakes than anybody else by <laughs> considerable distance. Bit she bit. is probably the Sometimes... biggest botcher I have ever seen and not get the boot. Sometimes, I... it's not about investing in the wrestler, it's investing in the character. And I love Naya's character. You're the only one who does, but... And that's what's the beauty about res- being a wrestling fan. Freedom of speech. I can support whoever I want. I, I ain't rejected freedom of speech. You know? I'm glad that Naya has a fan or two. Um, I just think she's terrible. But we're not here to talk just solely about Naya Jax. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll start, actually, on what I think this match will be. And I think it will be absolutely rubbish. Wait, is this in the Elimination Chamber? Yes, it's the Elimination Chamber, mate. Okay. This is inside the Elimination Chamber. I just throw people into the bulletproof glass. Oh, man. So... Okay. Uh, So, I think this match will be rubbish due to the fact that... it's, It's nothing to do with gender or anything like that. It's more to do with the fact that they had a tag team champion uh championship match uh, inside the elimination chamber in 2015 the one that new day won and that match was awful it was cluttered um it just wasn't very good at all it was kind of it just was full of jobbers as well and this match is full of women that aren't as good and it's really highlighted tamina is a charisma vacuum. Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan will improve. Uh, Carmella has improved. Mandy Rose will improve, but that'll take some time. I uh, think this will be good for um, Sonia Deville as well. Sonia Deville will shine yeah, in this match. Yeah. But, but I think the point I'm getting to is four of the 12 the women are, are women that you could consider really good. And that's quite a depressing stat when you think about it, which is, you know, Sasha Banks, obviously. Bailey, obviously, um, Naomi, she's an absolute veteran, and Sonia Deville, who's really impressed me with her work over the past few months. Jason, uh, what what are your thoughts on? Yeah, I completely disagree with you, Broad. I'm really looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be really fun. I think I think there's going to be less clutter than the men's tag team chamber they did the other year. I think they're going to plan this out a little bit more. I think you've got to factor in the Boston Hug connection are starting this match. I can see along the way, we'll probably get the Iconics, Naomi and Carmella not lasting as long. I can see Boston Hug being there at the end against Naira and Tamina. And yeah. between those two teams for who becomes the first ever tag team champs. Um, I could, I'm trying to like think of like what they then do after this in terms of, do they put the belts on the Hug and Boss because it's a great like storyline thing to do? Or do they put it on Naira and Tamina and then have them do a, a rematch at Mania? I, so I, I think this will be Sasha's heel turn. Oh, yeah, you really? Before you, I, yeah. I, I don't see that at all at the moment. I, I, think I mean, really fun though. I mean, a few people have said that, but why do you think Sasha will turn heel in this? I match? think it's because of her frustration, just always losing or having nothing to do and everything. So and this is Sasha will lose. And this, I'm saying, yeah, and what one of them, uh, they will, they will lose the title. They won't win it, but okay. and then eventually Sasha will take her frustration out on Bailey. That's interesting. Yeah, uh, so, I, who who do you think will win, Chen? Naya. Naya and Tamina. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, I 
kind of agree with you, Jason. I think it's going to come down to Bailey and Sasha against Nia and Tamina. I think they're the two teams that they're going to build towards on Raw. Um, I think Bailey and Sasha win because they want, like, I think with WWE, they usually go for champions that are solid, um, that are good wrestlers to begin with. They gave the Universal Championship to Finn Balor first and then Kevin Owens immediately after. Uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship went to Becky Lynch when she was the first champion there. Um, the Cruiserweight Championship went to TJP, and for all his faults, he was very solid in the ring. Um, so, you know, they always go with more than solid superstars, and I think Bailey and Sasha are combined the best team. So I think they're going to go with them just by that sort of logic that WWE has when it comes to booking its first champions of sorts. Well, I'm going to go with Nair and Tamina win this match and the belts because I think they want a really nice feel-good opener for the Mania show and that's when the Boss and Hug win the belts. In the so I don't I don't think Nair and Tamina versus Bailey and Sasha will happen at Mania. The rumour has been for quite a while that they want Trish and Lita to be a team uh, for WrestleMania and I think it will lead to Bailey and Sasha versus Trish and Lita. That is a good point. Um, I also think which set of women they would want to go between Raw and SmackDown because that's a rumor that, uh, well, the report, should I say, that WrestleVotes tweeted out uh, earlier that there's going to be more integration between two women's divisions and that the women's tag team champions will be the gateway. And I think really, again, it's a workhorse sort of thing. And if you look at the two best workhorses in that match, they're Bailey and Sasha. So... I'm thinking about it more of a book in long, long term, and mania and post mania. I would think they really do want to pu- push this bo- boss and hug connection thing, and I think that's why we didn't see Bailey versus Sasha last year. So, I think Bailey and Sasha win. Any, any, anybody want to add anything else before we move on to the main no. event? I just like to say, I think it's going to actually be a really fun match, and it's probably the one I'm going to enjoy the most on the show. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good match as well. Uh, and it will start off by the Iconics kind their usual promo before a match starts. Hey, look, I I want to be wrong. So, you know, I have low expectations. If they surpass that, then I'm one happy boy. I tell you that. I tell you that. Um, and I think, you know, that are potentially good or really good. So I can't really complain too much at the end of the day. But this is the match I'm looking forward to the most, Jason. And I think this match will be main event in because these six superstars put on one hell of a show on SmackDown in that gauntlet match. And if you haven't watched it, ladies and gentlemen, because, you know, you don't have enough time, make time for that hour. It's probably the best hour of wrestling you'll see uh, all week. I'm not going to lie to you. But this match, I'm really looking forward to. Daniel Bryan will be defending the WWE Championship inside the Elimination Chamber against AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, and Kofi Kingston. And again, aside from your predictions, I have one question for you, fine fellows. Do we believe in Kofi Kingston following that gauntlet match? No. He's a very talented individual. He's he's really, really good, but he'll be the first to get eliminated. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I yeah, think I'm they not... might be I, I genuinely think they might be teasing something here. 
Yeah, I'm not Listen, buying in. This, He's a great I'm athlete. Surprised, I'm surprised they went with Kingston, though, instead of Big E. That would have been more believable. I think it's because... Judging by the way that's interviewed, uh, the New Day or interview, should I say, they've always kind of viewed Kingston, Biggie and Xavier Woods have always kind of viewed Kingston as a veteran and they want Kingston to be a world champion. And they, they I think they said something along the lines as well, if Kofi wins a WWE champion, we're all WWE champion because we want Kofi to be WWE champion. He is, he is I think, um, the most successful black man in WWE history um, even more so than Booker T with the amount of titles he won so it's quite he's been there for over a decade now like since 2008 he's been on the main roster I for one think it's ridiculous that he's never been pushed to the main event scene he was at one point but didn't he didn't Randy Orton push, stop his yeah, push that was the uh, moment when he had a, a feud with Randy Orton and had a great match at the end of a Survivor Series and that's when Kofi was his hottest and that's when people were saying he should have got pushed and they just didn't go with him and that was a long time ago yes yeah it's uh yeah it's it it annoying to see it was really annoying because he came became this more vanilla baby face until New Day essentially happened and when New Day turned heel I would. I don't think Kingston is winning in a long shot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I, I think he could be down to the final two, which I would like to see. I would. I really want to see a vegan heel Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston and New Day and all their consumerism with their cereals and pancakes and all that. I would love to see a feud, just even for Fastlane. Just even for Fastlane because it'll be something different away from AJ Styles, Samoa Joe. And, you know, we don't need Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy in the main event anymore. I would love to see Brian versus Kingston at Fastlane. Uh, I don't I'm think it'll be a Mania match. Yep. I'm just gutted, though, that um, Mustafa Ali cannot participate in this match. You know, yeah. I really like what he was doing since he got called up. It's just sad that he can't be in this match. I'd like I to see a Spanish Mustafa. fly. I would yeah. love to see a special move on on the bloody metal metal floor if he could do it, but you know, sad thing. But Kofi's still good. He'll be great in this match. He's very athletic, as we all know, and very creative. It'll be a good match. I think. But, yeah, si- I think all six men are freaking awesome. To their various the, the way that I mean the way they've built this on SmackDown feels fresh, feels different. I think. Who do you want to win? Honestly, I never thought I'd be saying this, but Kofi Kingston. I did not. I, 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 if I'm honest, before this match, before Kofi is put in, I wanted Mustafa Ali to win. Because I want Samoa Joe. I want Samoa Joe. I, I don't blame. Listen, if any guy except for probably Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton too, but the other four guys, if any of them left for the WWE Championship. I'd be very happy. I see Brian retaining, by the way. I see Brian retaining, but Brian, Styles, Joe, Kingston, if any of them left for the WWE title, I think that'd be fantastic. But I see Brian winning thanks to the help of Eric Crone. Yeah, so, Brian, Brian will win. So the way I'm looking at this is Daniel Bryan wins this match and the big name not in this match is Rey Mysterio. I think they're going to end up moving towards Daniel Bryan with Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, and it will be amazing. Um, but I also think this match will set us towards the um, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton match for WrestleMania. So 
don't think there'll be enough going on here where they one of them will blame the other for costing them the match or AJ eliminates Randy Orton and then mm. Orton RKO's AJ and Daniel Bryan wins so something like that. The rumor at Fastlane is Bryan versus Styles versus Joe. Yeah, that'd be a great match. Yeah, I, but I've already seen AJ feud with Bryan as Joe, so I don't really. Well, that's right. the Unless man, it's Joe face. You need a face versus work. Daniel Bryan at Mania, and we can't go back to AJ Styles. Tons Jeff, they're, Joe not, they're not going to put Jeff Hardy there. Kofi's not going to go there. So Rey Mysterio is the man who's coming in for Mania. So Daniel Bryan has to win and defend but that But what about Andre, Andre, Andrade? Andrade. Well, him and Ray have had those great matches, but they can put him in with Jeff Hardy or Kofi or anything. I think Ray's the man for I, Daniel Bryan at Mania. I don't see Ray facing Daniel Bryan. No, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think this. I think they want a Ray versus Almas match at Mania. I think that's the last thing I heard. They really want that match to happen. So I don't see that happening. I. I don't know where they're going to go with Daniel Bryan because for a long time I suspected it would be Daniel Bryan versus The Miz and it's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah. I, either way, whatever happens on SmackDown after this match will imagine, be fascinating. Imagine if they went down this weird storyline route where McMahon and Miz look, stay together but say they lose the belts but now Miz stays face and Shane sets him up to fight Daniel Bryan at Mania. That would Maybe. Be that would be but great. Would, but that would be abuse of authority and Miz would get booed, wouldn't he? I don't, no, no, I think the crowd would be well into it. Yeah. I, w- I would not be against another Brian versus Biz match. Just I with all the history. Miz is wasting himself in the tag division. He should be a main eventer. Oh, I agree. I agree. But yeah, so we're all agreeing that Daniel Bryan wins, right? Yeah, Daniel Bryan beats AJ after uh, after the RKO from Randy Orton after he's eliminated. I'm planning it all out. Also, I will say this. Do you remember that one Elimination Chamber match where Kofi Kingston, before he entered the pod, got beaten up by Edge and got re- and Edge replaced him? Yeah. Yep. I can see that happening again for some reason. You think Edge replaces Kofi? So, <laughs> someone will. Someone will. Out, out comes Tony Chimmel just for the announcement of the new WWE champion, the Rated R Superstar. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would love to see that actually in a weird way, but no, I, I, it would be interesting if that if something like that does happen just prior to the Chamber match. It's interesting. We generally agree on a lot of the outcomes, but. You know, it still could be a fun show, but I think we're just looking ahead a bit and seeing what's going to happen and not expecting too many surprises. Yeah, I, I'm glad to hear that you guys are a bit more optimistic than I am. So, you know, uh, I, w- I wish I was a bit more optimistic about the pay-per-view. It's not necessarily the matches itself are going to be bad. It's more a case of I find this all a tad predictable and I've called it the speed bump on the road to WrestleMania. So who cares? Elimination Chamber matches are usually pretty fun. I'm wrong to be pessimistic. And I think on that note, uh, we'll wrap up our Elimination Chamber preview. So, after this short break, we have a new segment. Um, not necessarily weekly, we're just trying it. You may like it, you may hate it, but we'll get your feedback shortly. And it's called Fight Me. Hey, you. If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pod. Do it! Do it now!
Gentlemen, we all have controversial opinions about the world of wrestling from now and again, so I thought it would be great if we could debate some of our opinions right now in a new segment called Fight Me. So here's how it will go down. We will take it in turns to give an opinion such as, I don't know, WWE should do more pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia. And then you, one of you two guys, uh, whoever makes that statement would then say, fight me. So WWE should do more pay-per-views in Saudi Arabia, fight me. The first person to say, I'll fight you, will then have a debate about that person's point. The other person, out of the three of us, will judge who the winner is. Not by the statement, so if they agree with the statement or disagree with the statement, it doesn't matter but it's by the quality of the argument. So even if you disagree with that person's view, you may think that person's argument is better. Understood? Understood. Okay, so Jason, you had a very interesting one to begin with, so uh, put it out there. The Radicals, as a group, should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Fight me! Oh, very aggressive. Chen, do you want to fight him, or shall I fight him? The Chen die. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You go first. I'll fight you. You got Jason. an opinion. So before you fight me, should I explain my logic? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll fight you, but you got to say why. So you say why. I'm putting the radic. I want to put the radicals into the Hall of Fame because I look at them as a group and think it's a great way to get these guys in. So if you look at the four of them, Eddie is already in the Hall of Fame. There's no debate there. He's a Hall of Famer. We can just say he's part of the group. He deserves to go in. Dean Malenko. Um, once voted one of the, you know, the greatest wrestler in the world. Um, he never got much of a run in WWE, and he also but he won multiple belts in WCW you know, on the cruiserweight side. An amazing wrestler, does a lot backstage. He could go in as a standard guy on his own, but it wouldn't be as interesting. Perry Saturn, similar thing, did a lot in ECW and WCW, but not a lot in WWE. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Chris Benoit. This is the controversial one. You you struggle to put Chris Benoit in on his own, but you put him in as part of the Radicals, you're acknowledging the Radicals themselves. And you could say, yes, he won multiple belts, world titles, but you put the Radicals in because of how important and monumental that was when they showed up on Raw and as a group just pretty much tore the place down. And it was a monumental moment in terms of guys jumping from WCW to WWE and not the other way around. Fight me. I disagree with you on so many levels. So aside from Eddie Guerrero, who had a worthy Hall of Fame career, let's break down the other three and what they actually accomplished in WWE. Dean Malenko, okay. For his achievements in WCW, I understand why you would want to put him in there. He was really good, you know, man with the 1,000 holes or whatever. I mean, so good, Chris Jericho ripped him off. I, I would understand why you want to see Dean Malenko there. But in terms of his contribution to Vince McMahon's corporation, nyada. At least in the ring. Uh, Perry Saturn? Why? Seriously, why? I mean, he's he wasn't even that much of a big deal in WCW. So, you know, he's pointless. And Chris Benoit... And this is the ultimate one. By putting this in, you're ultimately celebrating the murderer. And it's an excuse to put Benoit in. It's an excuse to put a murderer in. A well-known murderer. One who's tarnished, caused immense damage to the world of professional wrestling. The only good thing to come out of it is the fact that at least wrestlers in WWE are better taken care of when it comes to steroid abuse, 
drug abuse and you know making sure that the health is in check with concussions and heart failure and stuff like that but what he did was so unforgivable that by proxy you just cannot put the radicals in because you even if you exclude benoit from that list it's not even a good group to put in the only person that was of any remarkable note in the wwe in the ring on screen was eddie guerrero and he's already inducted so it's ultimately pointless do I get a rebuttal before Chen votes? Yeah, go go ahead and rebuttal. So they don't put of it. They don't put people in based on the WWE only. They put in guys from the yeah. NWA and WCW. No, okay, that's fine. But still, that's just Guerrero Malenko, not Saturn. Very Saturn. If you watched him, he was actually very important in ECW and then in WCW, and he had a great run. But then you can just induct them individually if they're that important. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Put, by putting them in, by putting them in, you're putting Chris Benoit in. And that will go against what they stood for. And it's one thing that I very much agree with WWE. He is a child murderer. He is a wife murderer. And let's not forget, he did bad things to his children and wife before, uh, you know, he cocked it. So, you know, and they cocked it. So, you know, no, absolutely no effing way that Benoit should ever be celebrated. And by putting the radicals in, you are celebrating the murderer. So, Chen... Your decision. So, did you not? Did you guys not hear who the headliner this year is for the Hall of Fame? It's Perry Saturn. He'll be appearing with his mop. <laughs> that stupid <laughs> bloody gimmick. Mop it. What was, I, what was his? What was that girl he had with him? Terry. Terry Runnels. Yeah, she was more famous than him. Yep. And I'm when I think about. While you two were debating, this is what pisses me off about the Hall of Fame. It's yep. meant to be about what, in my opinion, it should be about what you've done in the WWE, not what you've done in other promotions. In fairness, Only what you've done in WWE. In, in defense of mm, WWE owns WCW and ECW. So yeah, kind of... okay, but let me finish, all yep. right? Yep, yep. Um, yes. When I think of two Hall of Famers who... When I watched the induction videos, one of them was um, DDP, and the other one was Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash said he didn't want to go in as Diesel. He wanted to go in as Kevin Nash because his career in the WWE was just rubbish and boring. But it was more about the impact he made in WCW. DDP, on the other hand, he had a great career in WCW, but did jack crap in the WWE. He only had that one forward with The Undertaker that lasted like two months. And that went nowhere, pretty much. And he's just more famous for his yoga. That's what it is. And this is why... Going back <laughs> you're going to off topic, Dima, Chen. While you're going yeah. to Dima Linko and Perry Saturn, they might have done great things in other places, but in the WWE, nothing. Nothing. And what Broad said about Benoit, I loved, I loved him as a wrestler and everything, but yeah, that's a no-go. So you're agreeing with me, Chen? Yeah. Ha <laughs> one nil to the broad. Right, one both of you broad. outside now. No. Uh, no, we're not your cat, Top Jason. We're not your cat, Jason. Um, oh, okay. okay, fair enough. Uh, so, Chen, do you want to go? Yeah, and this is something that you brought up earlier when you said maybe of rumors of what a WrestleMania match will be, mm-hmm. and that is um um. You said Lita and Trish might be making an appearance. Yep. I'm I'm just done with 
old if you're retired to stay retired please oh. stop let, let the new people shine so we so can't what's... evolve us we can't evolve as a business if you keep bringing nostalgia back we got to cater to the new fans so what's your statement then and then say fight me <laughs> my statement is let the old people retire you don't always need to bring focus stay retired on... is that what it is stay retired yeah stay retired focus okay. Focus on building new stars and promote them on the big four, five pay-per-views that you have every year instead of bringing these old-timers back and taking their spots. Mm-hmm. I'm sick and tired of this. Okay, cool. Are you going to say fight me? Because well, then, you know... Fight me. Oh, it's official. So, Jason, do you want to yeah, take him up? I will oh. fight Chen to the death. <laughs> oh, i got to be judge. Um, so, uh, I get, I can get where Chen's coming from, but... WrestleMania is the Super Bowl, the big show. It's where they get this kind of stuff in. And bringing these legends back, done in the right way, actually makes WrestleMania more special. I think when you look at what the likes of The Rock have done when they brought in big stuff, like big former stars for these big events, you know, maybe you know Batista, it actually makes WrestleMania bigger. And even the likes of CM Punk have come out and said, even though they were against people like Rock coming back, they appreciated the amount of money it made them and the exposure it got them. To be from fair, these wrestlers are retired. The Rock is not retired. He pretty much was at that point. He'd been out of it for a long time. If you And if you brought back Trish and Lita, you would be bringing in fans and maybe come away from the product and bringing them awareness of the new product. So for that reason, I think it's not an every pay-per-view thing. It's a main thing, and it makes sense. Can I just say something? You don't. You know why you don't need Trish and Lita or old-timers? Because even if you're you used to be a fan of the product, you'll still tune, you'll still tune in for the WrestleMania, even if you maybe don't follow not. the current I don't think you do. You bring that's why they do it. They bring back people that only come around for WrestleMania based on the strength of that card, and that's how they try and entice them into being longer term viewers again. So, uh, uh, both broad. Your point. Yep, okay. broad. I'm done. Chen, are you done? Yeah. Okay. So, um, this is difficult because I am fed up with part timers too. I think part-timers are not a curse to this industry, but they've really held back the development of several, for several years now, the development of future WWE stars um, that no one has truly gotten over. And with the exception of the odd one, like Roman Reigns or Daniel Bryan or CM Punk, no one's really gotten that over. I, I have a fear the same will happen to Becky Lynch. With that being said, Jason is right. You need you need some of these guys to draw in the numbers. So, Chen, I agree with your statement, but Jason had the better. Can I argument. just say so one Jason thing? Went, no, 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 no. The, the decision uh-huh. has been made. The decision. I allowed you to make one further point before, and unfortunately, you didn't take me up on it. So I have to go with Jason as a bit to here, but Chen. Oh, I agree with you, but Jason had the better argument. Jason had the better argument. So, that means it's left with me. And they heard my warm-up act, and they were like, oh, no, I agree with that. So, I've got something that's controversial. The Attitude Era is overrated. Fight me. Shane, I feel like you should fight him because you've not had the chance. It's, it's, I'll fight you. 
It's not Ooh. overrated. I have to make my points. So there's no getting over the fact that the main event scene of the Attitude Era is arguably the best scene in terms of talentless story. Fantastic stuff. Everything else is crap. I'm just saying it straight off the bat. Like, with the exception of a couple of tag teams here and there, everything else is crap. Everything else is crap. The matches are short. People complain about match quality today. Match quality is freaking fantastic in comparison to the Attitude Era. The moves that they do is a, a way, way superior to what they did in WWF in the 90s. The storylines are absolutely crude. Women are treated like garbage except for China, which, you know, mixed messages. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't let my children watch that. I mean, I don't have children, not yet anyway, not that I'm aware of, but I would never let them watch <laughs> my children watch, you know, all the cussing and it's just a vile product in general. And people say, oh, but the PG era sucks. No, not if you watched NXT or SmackDown recently, you know. Both have been fine shows. Both have been good shows. Both have been very entertaining. The Attitude Era, it's just five-minute matches after five-minute matches until you get to a great main event. And don't get me wrong, the main event seems fantastic, but everything underneath is just lacking in talent, both in the mic work, in charisma, poor characters. They were fun, but ultimately they were designed to never get over. And yeah, the storylines are just so half the storylines are just incredibly crude. Um, and okay. I don't understand why people try and compare everything to the Attitude Era when there's been better eras of wrestling before and after. Um, there's been I better promotion. To wrap your point up, Rod. Yeah, sorry, but Attitude Era is probably the most overrated era of all time. So, Chen, your counter argument. So, I understand what you're saying. Um, first of all, I just want to agree with you saying that, yes, matches are much, much better now. Someone like Seth Rollins can run circles around someone like The Rock and Austin. They, wrestling abilities, them two would, wouldn't even survive in today's wrestling, wrestling Roman world. Roman Reigns would. Um, no. I, I, I don't agree with Roman Reigns or John Cena. Like To me, The Rock and Austin have like the wrestling ability of John Cena and Roman Reigns. Um, however... I don't think it's overrated. I think it, it was definitely a great era. It's just it's just the fans. They're stuck in nostalgia. They just want to go back to a time when, when they were feeling young and everything like that. They can't move on. Like, you know, it's like when people say, like, if you're a football fan, oh, we need to, re like a Liverpool fan, we need to return back to the glory days. Or even currently, I'm a Man U fan, and I'm saying we need to re return back to the glory days. It's just... Some people are just stuck in nostalgia and don't move along with the times. And that's a lot of people's problems. They don't move along with the times. Like, ECW would not exist today, in my opinion. It would, it, and it shouldn't because of health hazards and everything like that. But, mm. you know, obviously, obviously back then, everything was a bit more edgy and everything. But we don't live in that world anymore. We live more in a PC world, a safe world. And the problem is, it's just the fans can't accept to move on along with the times. It's like a kid might go, uh, you as a child might go to school and be like, 
you might be racist and everything, hang out with your own kind, but when they have children, the world's different. Their children are going to schools where everyone's mixed and stuff. So and they're you... learning to make friends with other races and everything like that. So People just that... need to move along with the times. I guess wrapping that up, I really wanted to agree with Chen, but I think he might have actually helped Brod's argument. I'm not, not sure how strong that was. Because um, I, I, get, I get the thing in terms of, I think the... It's not so much the attitude here is overrated. It's just that people are a bit nostalgic and they forget about all the good stuff that happened at the same time. So this is a hard one to pick between the two of you. So Broad saying it's overrated due to you know people it's not it. looking at it all, and Chen saying it's because of nostalgia. It's the argument. Oof, it's a hard it's, one. The wrestling's it? definitely better. So Broad, just confirm your main thing is it's overrated because people just think about the storylines and the big stuff. And Chen, your argument is that the wrestling was half the storylines weren't good either. I'm just saying it's down to people just staying in the past and not moving along with times. So That's your the argument is that you're not you're not really arguing very well, Chen. You're arguing, but no, I'm people... not. I'm not. So I'm gonna have to go with Broad. The attitude era is overrated. Yeah, boy, two and out. Two and O, two and O in arguments. Uh, just a little disclaimer: I don't think Steve Austin is overrated, and I th- and the reason why I think he's as good as Roman Reigns is only... <laughs> as good as Roman Reigns. What? <laughs> well, Roman Reigns is as good as Steve Austin. I got my words wow. mixed up there. Wow. Uh, hold up is because Steve Austin was limited after his neck injury. He was actually a very intelligent wrestler to do the uh, stuff that he did. He was being me. safe. He was being safe, and that is a very intelligent thing. So actually, that was great wrestling. I'm going to talk to Chris and, and have him produce some segments at the start of the show, which just has you saying that Roman Reigns is as good as, good as Stone Cold Steve Austin and just have it on a loop. Look, with, look. With next week's show. Look, we need the listeners. I'm trying to trigger people, okay, into <laughs> listening. But joking aside, um, Chen is very... I'm taking a win, but Chen is completely right on his point. That is more to do with the nostalgia thing. Um, I don't think the Attitude Era is that overrated. Um, I'm just being extreme for the head of it. But yeah. Uh, well done. Yep. That was the point. I only was doing that for the argument. I actually don't think the Attitude Era is that overrated. But yeah. That would be for a different time. So. After all that. We have... Even more opinions up next as we conclude with our weekly segment, The Ring of Dishonor. The Ring of Dishonor. Lastly, it's the return of our weekly segment to close the show, The Ring of Dishonor. For those who haven't joined us on the podcast before, it's like Room 101, but wrestling in an audio format. Each week, one of us will nominate something that they would like to see enter the Ring of Dishonor. The other two people on the podcast will decide if it is worthy, or shall we say unworthy enough, to enter the Ring of Dishonor. Jason, since you broke the wheel yet again, and Chen is also really, really angry after that Fight Me segment, and he wants to do another one, we decide that Chen has something to submit this week for the Ring of Dishonor. So, Chen, what shall me and Jason be judging? Uh in terms of what comes out of your mouth in the next minute or so. Okay, so I don't know how to phrase this, but it's about wrestlers who are either outside the WWE promotion or coming from NXT. When they get called up or come into the into the WWE main roster, yeah. they shouldn't start at the top, the very top. They should start right at the bottom. And they shouldn't always have like a big 
big push behind them. I'll give you an example. So I I came up with this idea is because when EC3 faced Dean Ambrose and he just lost out of the blue, I was really happy about that. I was like, let this guy, let EC3 reintroduce himself, start from the bottom, establish himself, don't always have the big push behind him, but make people favor him in that way. And also, it's just like when we heard about Lars Sullivan getting the big push to fight John Cena at WrestleMania. I'm sick of these tired of these people who are not proven on the main roster getting this such a big push and a high spot in the card when they haven't when half the pretty much half the audience doesn't even know who they are. And this could be like, for example, a Kenny Omega coming into the main roster. I don't want him to go be fighting for the title straight away. I need him to. Build a reput build a report. What's what's the word? Is it build a reputation? Reputation within the WWE universe. Reintroduce himself. Make people like him or people hate him. Either way, you just don't go straight to the top. Okay, I just want to. Before... People people who've been in the business longer on the main roster should get the push more. So... I have I have I have two people straight off the bat that counter yeah. that kevin owens well, and aj styles yeah i was gonna go same thing i mean and kevin owens is a little bit different because kevin owens was in nxt aj went straight to the main roster rather than going to nxt yep so he's a guy with a massive reputation are you saying he should have been at the lower card or are you talking about nxt guys in particular i think i think it was fine for example with aj he feuded with chris jericho right yeah but then he then after the jericho he went straight for the main title against roman reigns and even though he lost I still think he shouldn't have gone for that. He should have built. He should have stayed on the lower car, big car, build up his fan base. But you're the other fan base. People, when he came out of the rumble, the crowd exploded. Yeah, but those are the hardcore audience. I'm talking about with the casual audience and everything. Because if I was a wrestler, like for example, Kofi Kingston, right? He's in this elimination chamber. I'm happy for him, right? But before Mustafa Ali took his spot, a bloody nobody. Mustafa Ali should have built himself up more. So, so you want to have a glass ceiling that no one gets past? I yep. need people to ex- respect the hierarchy. The hierarchy. Oh, you go for it. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Kevin Owens beating John Cena on his first night was the best way for him to ever get over. It made him, an, it made him a star instantly. AJ Styles. Vince McMahon wanted him on the mid-card. There's no denying that. But two months of realising of, holy shit, this guy's super talented. Holy shit. Maybe he deserves to be in the main event. We'll test him out against Roman Reigns. Great reactions. Fine. We'll have him beat John Cena. Beats John Cena. Then he beats Dean Ambrose to become Dodo champion. At the end of the year, t-shirt sales-wise, Roman Reigns was number one. Number two was AJ Styles. I mean, it makes sense. If you have the guy there that is incredibly talented like AJ Styles, you put him near the top. If you have a guy like Kevin Owens, who is incredibly talented, you put him near the top. Sure, not okay. every not not every guy or every tag team is going to be on that same level. I mean, like, a good example uh, like, um, would be Ryback. Um, yeah, but Ryback, Ryback was a slow climber. Well, I think Ry- Tyler Breeze would be an example. He wouldn't push it to the top. Yeah, Tyler Breeze wasn't. Uh, yeah, Tyler Breeze, uh, Ty Dillinger. Sanity, loads of guys get equally ignored as go straight to the top, you know. I'm not claiming there's a logic to it because with Vince McMahon, I don't think there's a week to week logic. 
if I'm honest. If you look at he the just likes the guys he guys, likes. Right? What? If you look at the current crop that's just come up, they've like they've not started at the top. And we feel like EC3 has been damaged, maybe. I don't know. I feel like he's been damaged. And Nicky Cross, in particular, they're losing matches. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I, I mean, Nikki Cross lost a lot of matches in NXT, to be fair, and still got over. So I think she just needs a storyline. Because also, it, you understand, the main roster is about character-based, not wrestling-based. And EC3 is all about character. Did you Have you seen any of his mic work in Impact? He is one of the best mic workers on the fucking planet. I mean, I'm going to call Chen he, out here. Yep. Can we call Chen out? Chen, you don't watch NXT every week. You only watch TakeOvers, right? Yeah. EC3 is top 1% of mic work. Pun intended, but it's actual fact. EC3 is probably top 5 on the mic in the company. And think, it's ridiculous that he's given him a mute gimmick. Think, EC3, on his mic skill alone, puts him in the upper mid card. So I think Broad, I think as people watch NXT every week, well, I think we're never going to agree with Chen on this in terms of they, some guys will come in lower. Ty Dillinger's came in a bit lower. He didn't deserve to be higher. But yep. if Alistair Black comes over and they've got him on fucking main event, I will not be happy. Same. Same, because Black is a future main eventer. But here's something for you, Chen. Here's another three guys that went straight to the top. The Shield. Yeah, but they were in tag team matches or interfered. Before yeah, they, they were... They they were in the main event, had an undefeated streak for six months, beat up the likes of John Cena, Sheamus, Sheamus the in the main belts, event. Ryback Ry was one of the hottest things. Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan. But they and weren't main eventing. They, they were, were near enough main eventing. But no one, no one climbed straight to the main event. But the Shield as a group probably were the earmarked for future main event. And the way they got over was near the top of the card each and every Bala? week. Finn Balor went straight to the top. Yeah, and like, I thought done. that was silly. I, I thought think that he should have done. If that injury hadn't happened, he'd have been a long-reigning US like Universal Champ. Yep. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Jen, I I get your point about they shouldn't all go to the top and they should be at different levels. But some guys are just so damn talented. You're leaving money on the table if you don't put them up straight away. Yep, like they're doing with EC3 right now. So, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick this off, Jason. It's a hard no for me. It's not entering. It's a hell no. Chan, okay. you lose. <laughs> Sorry, Chan. We, we, we love you, Chan, but you lose. Sorry. Um, actually, I don't love you. Happy Try harder next day. time. <laughs> wow, savage, Jason. Um, so there you have it. Uh, the Ring of Honor does not get another victim. Uh, the Ring of Honor? Damn it. Copyright infringement. Uh, the Ring of Dishonor does not get another victim this week. We're going to be sued now. Yeah, we're going to be sued big time. Whoops. I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure they're going to come after our podcast. But anyway, yeah, join I us. I know we got the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, our bank account minus five quid. Brilliant. Um, so next week, join us for our review of WWE Elimination Chamber 2019, as well as some other stuff that we want to talk about. But that's all from us here at Holy Shoot. We hope you enjoyed the show and remember to subscribe to us on all good podcasts cast outlets and give us a follow on twitter at holy shoot pod and like us on facebook and also if you're on itunes feel free to give us a cheeky five stars if you love this podcast but anyway that is the bottom line because this pod said so